Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Kim Neeson, the founder of Neeson's, a Canadian court reporting firm that Veritex acquired in 2019. She recently launched Kim Neeson, coach, consultant, mentor, which provides entrepreneurial and leadership coaching with an emphasis on mid-career women. Hi, Kim. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm well. I'm looking forward to speaking with you today. So tell us about your background and the launch of your new coaching venture. Well, many decades ago, actually four to be exact, I began a career in court reporting and through that venture, I ended up founding my own firm called Neeson's, surprise. And I started it from scratch. I was the only court reporter within the company. And fast forward about 23 years, and we are one of the largest court reporting firms in Toronto, Canada. And Veritex Legal Solutions ended up purchasing or acquiring our firm in February of 2019. And we were their very first Canadian acquisition. So it was pretty exciting. And then through that acquisition, they needed someone to run Toronto, obviously. And very quickly, they acquired several other Canadian court reporting firms. And I ended up becoming their regional vice president for Canada. And most recently, I am about to retire from that role. I'm just in the process of winding down. But as I was thinking about this time when it would come, and I knew it would come at some stage in the not too distant future, I really thought about what would I want to do next? Because I certainly wasn't ready to hang up my hat. And any of my clients who know me know I can't sit still for five minutes. And really, for me, one of the most impactful things that had happened to me in my business was working with a coach. And it really made a difference in my life. It helped me hone in on what I wanted. It helped me be more precise in my visions that matched up with my values. And it really helped me grow the business to what it became. So I thought, you know, this is something I really love. I love working with my people. I loved being able to help people. And I thought, you know, reach so many of my dreams and I really want to help other people be able to do the same thing. And so that's how the coaching business idea formed. And through this pandemic, because heaven knows we're not going out, I worked through my certification and became uh, certified through education and then through the International Coaching Federation as well. And I'm, I've just launched uh, recently, formally, because I will be leaving my previous role. So that's my story. As you reflect on your remarkable career in court reporting and related legal services, what's been the biggest impact you've seen in litigation? You know, it all comes to the pandemic and it's been the virtual platform. So platforms like Zoom or Teams, WebEx. For us in the legal services business, we were very well acquainted with these platforms, but most of our legal colleagues were not. And it was really something where I saw an opportunity when the pandemic, you know, we were talking earlier before we we jumped on this call of how, you know, we kind of thought this was going to last a couple of weeks. And, you know, here we are almost three years later. But we realized quickly that we had to help our clients pivot onto the virtual platform. And we, in our firm, were using Zoom. And, you know, you'd have holdouts. You'd have those people who were like, no, I'm going to wait. I don't want to do it that way. It's not as good. 
it's not going to be effective. But rulings started coming out where the court was saying, you know, I'm sorry, you, you know, it's six months down the road, you have to keep this matter moving and you must do your discovery or your questioning or your deposition by Zoom. And the longer that the pandemic has gone on, the more people have liked it. They've realized they don't have to commute. They have extra time in their day. And whether that makes it extra billable time or extra family time or personal time, I think a lot of our clients are saying, you know, we can see a day where maybe I'm going to go and do some of these proceedings in person, but I'm going to do a lot of them virtually because there's so many cases where, for example, credibility isn't an issue or you don't need to grill that witness on the stand in a way that you might want to do in person. We ended up getting involved in a lot of trials where we have many, many, many participants being hosted on the Zoom platform. And as well, we also connect them through YouTube with viewing, especially big trials where there's a high public interest. So it's very, very accessible. You don't have to be able to get to the courthouse. You don't have to be able to drive or get the bus or walk five miles kind of thing. So it has changed everything. And when we look ahead to the future, what we see is really an acceptance of not only the virtual platform in its entirety, in the sense of all parties using it for various cases, but also as a hybrid model where, for example, if you've got a large case where perhaps there's 10 parties involved, but really two main parties, everybody else can join by Zoom and you'll have the Zoom being hosted in the conference room. So there'll be some people who are there live and others who will be there online. And I think it's just an amazing, we could never have advertised this and pushed this the way that the pandemic has done. So it's accomplished more in three years than we probably could have done in a decade in terms of the legal landscape. As an entrepreneur, what have been your greatest challenges? When I reflect back, one of the big ones was I tended to make some bad decisions when I was really super stressed out and tired. And that was from time to time where just nothing seemed to go right. And sometimes things are going on in your personal life and you're just, you're at your wit's end. And that's when I tended to make my worst decisions. I think another challenge I could think of is creating that cohesive team and, you know, not being afraid to terminate certain employees who just either didn't want to or wouldn't or couldn't share in the vision that I had for the company. And they were the employees that wouldn't move us forward. We all need to move forward as a team with shared vision and goals. And of course, with strong leadership. So off the top of my head, those are a couple that really stick out for me. Why did you decide to provide coaching specifically to mid-career women? I thought about my own experience and how when I was sort of in my late 30s, early 40s, I felt like I was just running like a chicken with my head cut off. And I didn't know why, but I just kept doing all the things I was doing. And then more things would pile on and more things would pile on. And I just felt like I, you know, there's a book, I'm dancing as fast as I can. And it was never enough. And I think for me, what we tend to do is we have these visions of what we want in our 20s and 30s, where we are have completed our education, we're starting our career, we're on that trajectory. And then perhaps, you know, you're partnering up, maybe you're having children and, and suddenly your world of responsibilities is expanding and expanding and expanding, but we never take the time to look at what's serving us. What was great for us, maybe in our 20s, isn't so great for us in our 50s. 
what we want in our 30s may not be the same thing as what we want when we're 45. And so kind of looking at that part of your life, and I think especially for women, and perhaps it's just because I can relate to it, being a woman, just being able to stop and look at what you're doing and having somebody who's there with you to help you do that, to ask you those probing questions, to ask you and to dig deep so you can find out what it is you really want today at this stage in your life, where your career is going. You may have your partner or your husband or wife, et cetera, and their children, and you've got the job and you've got all these things going, but what do you really want? And maybe there's things you need to prune and maybe there's things you need to, to do more of to make sure that you feel fulfilled and happy. Because a lot of times, if you're just running, you just have no time to experience any of the good things. What are the benefits of coaching specifically for an entrepreneur? I know for me, as an entrepreneur, I used coaching often. I would use it for a while, and then I'd stop, and then I'd go back to it. And I think what pulled me back there was that I had somebody who could dig deep with me. And I think for me, what I've discovered through this process is that you won't ask yourself the tough questions. Your brain's going to stop at a certain point and not let you go there because it might be difficult or it might be a lot of work or it may require a change. And we all know that many of us don't like change. And with a coach, you're able to probe, you're able to ask those questions and to go deeper and deeper and deeper. And we have the answers inside us. We know what we want. It's just sometimes it, it takes some work to get it to reveal itself. And so one of the beauties of coaching is being able to help you really realign with what your values are, um, what you want, where you see yourself in you know, five months, five years, five days from now. I mean, depends on where you're at. So that is really where you can dig in and build on knowing what it is you're looking for. And I think that's really, really important because if you don't know where you're going, how are you ever going to get there? For lawyers and legal professionals running their own businesses, what advice or tips can you offer? It's really, really important to establish processes right off the bat. So you start your business and maybe it's just you or you and a, and a couple of partners, and you're going to go out and hire executive assistants and maybe an office manager and that sort of thing. It's really when you're small, it's so important to think about process right from the beginning, whether it's processes in your accounting, in your scheduling, in your billing, in your own time, how you're managing your time, because you're going to have to pay some attention to your office. Because what will happen is if you don't, one day, one of those people, if you're, especially when you're relying on a very small group at the beginning, if they up and quit and another one's sick, what are you going to do? And how do you slip somebody else into their position? So things like, creating a playbook right from the get-go where you establish best practices and hone best practices. There's the adage of hire slow and fire fast, and it's so true. When you know that someone's not working out, just do it. Just get it over with. Because generally speaking, once you've made that decision in your mind, there's really no coming back from it. And, and you're just wasting your own time. I also would really recommend that people who are in a law business get into a mastermind with other business people. They don't have to be in law because human resource problems are human resource problems, whether you run a spa business or a law firm. You might be able to give some uh, in that group some 
legal advice or legal law part of it, but someone else may be able to give you some practical experience of how they handled a difficult employee or whatever it may be. Having a group to be able to mastermind with is really, really crucial. And I know for myself, I had a lot of misgivings about becoming uh, involved in a group like that because I thought, well, court reporting is such a niche business. No one's going to understand it. But I was blown away by how many of the problems I had, everybody else had too. And they had a lot of answers that I didn't have. And I could tweak what I, what I heard to suit my own situation. Also, never to relinquish control of everything to your office manager or your executive assistant. And that goes particularly, and I have to say, I've seen this with a few of my lawyer friends. They have been defrauded in more ways than one through never checking visa card statements, for example. And my office manager was running all kinds of personal stuff through it. I had one fellow who his assistant just stole, outright stole from him, took checks home. And he didn't realize it had been going on for years because he never looked at his stuff. So it only came to light when she happened to be away for two weeks with a serious illness. So those are just a few of the kind of pitfalls that you can avoid running your own business. And it doesn't matter what kind of business you're in. How can entrepreneurs and leaders maintain momentum in this uncertain market? Mental health has become so important. Taking those mental health breaks, I really also think you need to be inspired. And if you don't feel inspired and you just feel drained, you need to get re-inspired. You need to revive what it is that got you excited to be doing what you're doing in the first place. So whether that's creating new goals that are achievable in a pandemic. So for example, I wouldn't say, I have a goal to go around the world, like probably not a good goal to have in the pandemic right now, but there have to be other goals that you can realistically achieve under the circumstances we find ourselves in right now. Stop working day and night. You've really got to separate your work and home life. And if you're in a 500 square foot condo, put the computer away. Maybe silence your phone. Do things that at least will make, you know, you're not staring at that computer and you're not seeing those messages come in. I've coached so many people who, especially through the pandemic, have no separation between work life and home life. They're working till, you know, checking emails till 10, 11 o'clock at night and they're paying the price for it. So, scaling it back and teaching others how to teach yourself. So in other words, if you teach people that you're available at 11 o'clock at night, they're going to start expecting a response at 11 o'clock at night. So you've got to teach those people who are reaching out to you that, you know what, I shut my phone off after seven and I'll see you again at 7am sort of thing. So you've got to take that and you've got to be the one to take control of that a staycation, a mini vacation, something to get you outside, you know, hugging a tree, whatever it may be, getting out of town for a weekend, just doing something that gives you joy. And for a lot of us, you know, getting out in that fresh air and just especially spending so much time at home and we're not running here and there. And so really creating the opportunity for long walks or there's so many local places you can go to, to just feel relaxed, hear the birds sing, and grab a coffee and just just take a break. That's really my advice there. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Kim Neeson, founder of Neeson's, a Canadian court reporting firm that Veritex acquired in 2019, who recently launched Kim Neeson Coach, Consultant, Mentor, which provides entrepreneurial and leadership coaching with an emphasis on mid-career women. Kim, thanks so very much. Thank you, Ari. I really appreciate it. 
Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.